You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are ecstatic this morning to have Dr. Nicole Sapphire on. Many of you know her from uh, Fox News as a contributing doctor on uh, many of their news reports and primarily on Fox and Friends. So, Dr. Sapphire, welcome to America's Web Radio. Well, thanks for having me. Well, you're, this is a delight, and you don't know what an honor it is. And we're going to be talking about your new book, uh, Make America Healthy Again. And uh, we, as I mentioned to you in some of our correspondence, we also have a uh, kung fu master on, uh, Shi De Ru, that uh, uh, we've been talking about it, too, and how Americans and anybody can boost their immune system, and I think this is what we're looking at. As I I mentioned to you just a few seconds ago, I had really been under the uh, misimpression over the years that after the late 60s and the hippie movement and the organic food movement and the you know, that the millennials would take up and lead a healthy life and more gardening and this and that, and yet we haven't. And what inspired you to write the book? Well, you know, for those who have read my book, you know, it came out a couple of weeks ago, and I really wanted to talk about, you know, what is going on with the healthcare system in the United States. You hear people uh, arguing from the far right to the far left, whether it should be single payer, whether it should all be privatized health care. And I really wanted to get to the crux of the matter of why is health care so expensive? And why are these healthcare policies failing? And after my research, my my conclusions were it really doesn't matter which policy you want, whether it's single payer or whatever, nothing is gonna work as long as we have so much chronic illness throughout our country, a large majority of it which could be, could potentially have been prevented through lifestyle changes. You know, I go into the leading causes of death meaning uh, cardiovascular disease, heart disease, stroke, as well as cancers. And it was astounding to see what percentage of those illnesses could have been prevented. So I talk about the leading causes of death, and I also include mental health as well as the opioid crisis. We break it down how much it's really costing the nation, why certain people are going bankrupt, and then also give some easy-to-follow recommendations of some very small changes that can be made that would be massively impactful, not just for an individual, but for the country as a whole. And one of the biggest things, you know, that I found interesting was, you know, I wanted to know why, why have we gotten to this place of not being healthy? And as you mentioned, you know, we, we talk about organic foods and kind of healthier living, but the truth is Americans are all busy. You know, it's not necessarily that we're lazy, it's just everyone's working really hard and we're really busy and our you know, our lives just do not allow for taking time out for your health. I mean, I work full-time. I'm also raising three kids. And so it's really hard to do the home-cooked meals every night with the fresh fresh fruits and vegetables and lean protein. So, yeah, you know, we do, or we do takeout a couple nights a week and so forth. And so it's really, it's a lifestyle that has promulgated us kind of being unhealthy. Yeah, uh, Dr. Sapphire, if you don't mind me interjecting something else, I, I've certainly been thinking about this interview a lot. And, uh, you know, as other doctors that have done our shows, and we have a 
had another doctor, Dr. Elena George, that used to be on, um, that uh, also was at Kittering. Uh, but anyway, what I started to say is that, you know, if and I'm so much older than you, and you weren't even born when this occurred, but... You know, you you look at what ha- what is happening today as a physician. Are we're all pill pushers in one way or the other? Either the pharmaceuticals are pushing them on TV for us to take one for this and that and so forth and so on. Although it may cause five thousand different, re- but anyway, take it. And um, we we have turned into a society, and this all happened in the fifties. Uh, if you and I know you. Can't remember the fifties because you weren't around then, but uh, I do, unfortunately. And the end-all cure-all was penicillin. It was going to solve every problem in the world, whether it was a penicillin injection or a penicillin pill. And then on top of it, we we got the uh, polio vaccine that, in which I'm extremely thankful for. I, I we used to in, back in my age. Uh, we used to watch the uh, uh, telethons, and uh, you know, to see the see the what polio could do to a, a kid or a, or a person. But you know, we became we became pill poppers in the early fifties, and I think as a society, we decided that anything from the common cold to anything up and down the gambit can be cured by going to the doctor and getting a pill for it. And uh, this is, you know, I've forgotten the numbers, but like the national average, something like everybody takes eight or ten pills a day for something. And this is just crazy. And yet, like we were just talking, food and our lifestyle and ending stress can do more for the body than any pill can. Correct? Well, I mean, you just touched on a bunch of very important points. Uh, penicillin and the polio vaccine were huge mile markers in medicine, of course. Um, are the end-all, be-all? Absolutely not. But one thing as Americans that we have proven that we're really good at is innovation and new technology and cures, which is why just in the last couple of years, we've now come up with cures for pediatric leukemia. Once was always a death sentence for a child and now a potential cure. The problem is, these cures take time and money, and as long as we want to continue coming up with these cures, we need to make sure that we are not um, overwhelming the system and using resources elsewhere in such places of chronic illness. You know, I actually talk about in my book um, how unnecessary use of medications, specifically antibiotics, and the overuse of antibiotics is actually contributing to a lot of problems, the cost of health care, but also antibiotic resistance and what we're calling, quote-unquote, superbugs. So, yes, I mean, you know, a, a pill is not the end-all, be-all, but unfortunately, and this is something I really get into in my book, people are just in this mindset that they need this instant gratification. They don't like a doctor telling them, you know, you don't need an antibiotic or you just need to decrease your stress or you need to just eat a little bit better, people want that quick fix. You see it in terms of the fad diet. You see it in terms of plastic surgery. People don't want to put in the work. They want they want short-term success, and they have no desire to put in long-term effort for it. And that is unfortunately kind of where we've gone as a society right now. And as a mother of three kids, you know, I really try to instill in my kids that 
anything that's worth anything is worth working for. And you can't look for the easy way out or the easy fix for anything because anything that's easy or quick to fix is likely not worth it. Well, you know, I'm hoping and praying that, uh, you know, as terrible as uh, coronavirus is, that maybe it will do some waking up that people need to take care of themselves and notice their surroundings um, and, you know, take the precautions that they need to. And hopefully, too, a message will get out that we can improve our immune system by better eating, by better rest, and reducing stress, And um, which is all a hard ticket to, or hard uh, vitamin to chew, I guess. But uh, that's the truth. And if, if our immune systems had been at their 100% across the board, which would be impossible, but we wouldn't have the problem with the virus, I don't believe. Or not near the problem we've had, and that's sort of been proven by the uh, the kids that don't seem to be susceptible. And how how did you uh, come to be at uh, Fox? Um, well, so I'm full time practicing physician. Um, breast cancer screening and early detection is my specialty, um, and I got involved in the legislative side of things. Um, I passed a couple of bills and laws that helped make sure patients um, had access to um, the latest technologies and information regarding their screening. And so I really have involved the health, uh, enjoyed the health policy aspect of things. And so around the time of the 2016 election, um, I was heard speaking on the Affordable Care Act and kind of speaking about it, giving my criticisms of it, which I go into in detail in my book. Um, and apparently there was someone from Fox who was listening, and uh, they asked me to come on and speak on the Affordable Care Act, and I've been on ever since 2016. <laughs> well, uh, the one nice thing in common, we just uh, completed a show uh, that we do every Thursday morning at 8 o'clock called The Doctor's Lounge, and um, Hal Shears and uh, also uh, uh, Scott uh, Barber, are very involved in exactly what you said. They're very uh, much opposed to uh, the single-payer plan and the fact that people don't understand what that would mean to them or what it could do to them. And um, Hal today was talking about what uh, President Trump has been talking about, and that's uh, we've got to get away from the reliance on China for our pharmaceuticals. And it's, it's crazy. We develop them, and then they profit off of them and we've got to get away from that and pharmaceuticals like any business has to make money but they also have to realize that um, R&D can only go so far and uh, on on the price of something and they have to be flexible as well but we have to bring it back we have to be reliant on America not on China or any other country in the world well, and to be, I, it's something I've been speaking out on for a long time. I talk about it a bit in the book as well. It's amazing. Isn't it incredible that I had a book come out that turns out to be incredibly relevant during the time <laughs> of global pandemic? It's as though I saw I had some foresight into the future. Well, I, I um, think anybody that watches you on Fox realizes that, yes, you have all those powers. 
Well, thank you. But so I, I completely agree with you. And unfortunately, whether you're for a single payer for the Affordable Care Act or not, it doesn't matter. Nothing is going to work as long as our system is becoming bankrupt because we have far too much preventable illness and people not taking responsibility for their own health. They can't keep looking for the quick fixes. You know, the subtitle of my book, How Bad Behavior and Big Government Has Caused Our Trillion Dollar Crisis, I mean, it, that just says it all right there. If, as we're seeing with COVID-19, people, it's the elderly, but also those with chronic medical conditions are the ones who are having severe symptoms. Well, when 60% of American adults have pre-existing chronic illness, that's a problem. That's rendered us vulnerable to this foreign pathogen. Had we been healthier and stronger by the time that this virus invaded our borders, Maybe the government wouldn't have been able to step in or wouldn't have needed to step in as much. So we are allowing this government intrusion. And if we continue our bad behaviors, we're going to have socialized health care. There's nothing we're going to be able to do about it because that's going to be the only thing that they can do if we don't take charge. Scary thought, but very accurate thought. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things that we keep seeing and we keep talking about uh Pardon me, but there ain't no free ride. And the people that think, oh, well, you know, uh, government should pay for all my medical costs. I should get everything free. I should get a free. You know, I grew up, we paid for my education. We paid for our medical bills and uh, we paid for our insurance, but we didn't get any free ride. No one gave it to us. And, well, you know, it's it's the old, old thing from the Bible. You you give a man a fish and he can eat for a day. You give a man, teach a man how to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. And this is what we've got to do throughout all of our system. They're, the kids today, uh, uh, the generation that's moving back home because they can't take care of themselves, where are they going to be tomorrow? Well, I mean, that is unfortunately very concerning. And, you know, I... I have a chapter in the book that's dedicated to mental health, and I talk about how all of a sudden our younger generations have these massively increased levels of anxiety and depression, and a part of that is because of our behaviors as adults, but also this sense of coddling and that they shouldn't have to work for things, and we're living in an era where everything's politically correct, and we have to watch what we say, and I just think that that is unfortunately setting us up for failure long term. Couldn't agree with you more. We had an incident here, uh, as you may have gathered from my, from our website, that uh, very much into the military. My son's in the military. I was in the military. And uh, we support all of our veterans. And certainly, I, I've been very fortunate. I was not only in the military, but also a first responder. And so I uh, know the feeling of all of it in one shape, form, or fashion. But we had an incident here. We... The little city that I live in bought the uh, traveling Vietnam veterans wall and has put it in place and giving it, and they are giving it a permanent home. And some kid decided to uh, damage it by doing a rollerboard on it several times, in fact. And I want to punish the kid if we catch him. But I also want to punish the parents, and I think this is something that, you know, everything begins at the dinner table. When when the baby can first sit up and in the baby chair and start eating at the table with everybody else, it's the parents that have the influence, 
and they teach them how to eat right. If they're giving them chocolate every night instead of vegetables, then you get what you uh, you get you uh, reap what you sow. And unfortunately, we're we're reaping a lot of what has been sown by the next generation. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, unfortunately, um, you know, our not only are American adults leading the world in obesity and being overweight, but America's children are also um, leading the world in that as well. And we're seeing more cases of type 2 diabetes and other medical issues in adolescents because they're already overweight and obese. How, how, doctor, how do you get their attention? How, how, do, how do you turn the, uh, the uh, aircraft carrier around in the bathtub? Well, unfortunately, you know, one of my criticisms with the Affordable Care Act, well, first of all, it's really hard to say anything bad about the nature of wanting to cover or provide health care for all Americans. You sound like a bad guy. Of course, we want every American to have access to quality health care. Who does not? But the problem with the Affordable Care Act is it focused on giving people an insurance card, not necessarily giving them adequate health care. And the problem with that is, they just tried to increase the supply of health care by actually just giving them a health insurance card. They didn't increase physicians or those to take care of such people. And in fact, they actually made the work harder on the doctors, so made physicians not want to provide such care by either lessening their reimbursements or giving them more administrative paperwork that they needed to do, whatever it was. They certainly didn't increase the supply that way. But the big thing that they didn't do was they didn't focus on the demand. They just said it doesn't matter with the whole pre-existing conditions notion, which is by far the bipartisan favor in favorite in the Affordable Care Act. But what did that actually do? Because the far majority of pre-existing conditions are the leading causes of death, your heart disease, your diabetes, and some cancers. And a lot of those could have been prevented with healthy lifestyle choices. So the Affordable Care Act essentially said you can live whatever life you want, Whatever unhealthy habits you want to do, completely fine. It doesn't matter what condition you get. You're not going to be charged more for it. Rather, everyone else is going to offset the cost of that, even if it's your neighbor who's doing everything they possibly can to keep themselves and their family healthy, living healthily, exercising, trying to eat the best they can. But now their insurance is going to go up to cover your bad behaviors. And that was wrong because I believe that specifically Americans really need incentives, whether positive or negative, when it comes to making good decisions. All you have to do is look at seatbelt laws. You had doctors for decades saying, wear a seatbelt, it'll save your lives. We had a lot of people dying in motor vehicle accidents, but nobody wanted to do it. They didn't want to to adhere to speed limits, and they didn't want to wear a seatbelt. It wasn't until they were actually threatened with a speeding ticket or a seatbelt ticket that people actually started adhering to those laws. And then what happened? lives were saved. Now, I wish we didn't have to say the government or whoever has to threaten some financial penalty to get people to do something that's beneficial for them. But the truth is, that's what has to happen. You know, if if you want to live unhealthily, fine, but you should pay more for your medical care because guess what? It costs more to insure you and take care of you because of your bad behaviors. Now, for those medical conditions that are not preventable, that you really could do nothing about, no, you should not be necessarily punished for that. And that's when high-risk pools and tax, you know, pre-tax HSA dollars 
come into play. But the big crux of it, the far majority of chronic illness could potentially be prevented. So if you are not doing things to prevent or better your health, and you're costing society more, then you should pay more. You know, it's it's a, I'm sitting here listening and thinking, the food patrol, the food police are come going to come knock on your door, and uh, you know we, I, I'm one of these that we need less government as opposed to more government. Government, but just like you said, until until government stepped in and said either you buckle up or click or whatever their campaign was, uh, you can get fined for not wearing a seatbelt. And like you said, it, it is proven to save lives. And, um, you know, people say, oh, well, if, if I ate healthy and bought all organic and or I did this or I did, you don't have to buy organic. You can eat healthy just eating the right foods and staying away, more importantly, is probably staying away from the wrong foods more so than eating the right foods. And, uh, you know, it, it just it just takes time and, and teaching and learning, and I hope at some point uh, the generations finally gather that. Um, but like you said, in, in most cases, I don't know any kind of percentage, and I'm certainly not a doctor, but... In most cases of illnesses, and uh, I'm one proof positive, I ate right, I exercised daily, and I still had a heart problem. But, you know, that's, uh, like, like my cardiologist says, I'm, I'm ahead of 90% in the, in the world, so I'm better off than they are, and uh, I've already had it done, and now I don't have to do it again, if I continue to do what I'm doing. And because I was healthy, I got out of the hospital uh, within a, a few days of major surgery, and um, so anyway, it's uh, it's a it's a like everything else. Most shows that we do on America's Web Radio are all about educating the public, whether it's uh, immigration or it doesn't matter what it is, uh, the Second Amendment, uh, health care, anything, and um, people don't realize how horrific it would be to have a one-payer system and all you have to do is look to the north or look to the east and see the effects of uh, in Canada and the UK where in Canada a dog can get a CAT scan within a couple of weeks or less and a person may wait six months to get a CAT scan unless they come to the U.S. It's very true. And I actually go into, I talk about some of those wait times. I really break them down by the country in my book. And I give an example of just uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how she has had multiple cancer surgeries and just how quickly she has had these surgeries and recovered in the United States. And I gave the timeline, had this happen to her in another country, and it's actually quite shocking. So why would somebody want that other than they think it's free? Well, I mean, it's easier. I, they, you know, it's nothing that they have to think about. But the truth is, you can't implement a single-player plan in the United States after a century of a privatized system. I mean, it, it just would not work right now. If we tomorrow turned to a single-payer system, it would bankrupt us all, not only in taxpayer dollars. We would lose out on the venture capital money. We would lose all of our innovation. We would lose our physicians. I mean, because our physicians have 
hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt from our medical training, our malpractice insurance. I mean, it just wouldn't, it, it is just not realistic to institute it here. And so I get quite upset when I listen to politicians tout that they think that it is what's best for America. But because the truth is, in reality, it is not realistic that it could actually happen right now without some major changes. And unfortunately, those major changes would be complete lack of access to our current system and an upheaval of all the care that we are accustomed to. Dr. Sapphire, we, we came out with this thing uh, recently that when the when the tough get going, the Americans, or when the uh, when the things get rough, the Americans get going, and uh, we do, and that's called <laughs> capitalism, and that's what we're seeing with the with the virus. The other thing that that I have a real problem with, and I realize that everybody in Congress can't be something and most of them are just professional politicians but my feeling is no one should be in congress that hadn't served in our military how can they vote on something when they've never had a bullet go whizzing past their head how do they know the rules of engagement how do they know what they are but the same thing can be said about medicine here are these people making policies that aren't doctors they aren't they don't they haven't you know, I think everybody should spend six weeks riding in an ambulance and find out what it's like to uh, pick a variety of different cases up. And uh, then maybe they could start making some right decisions as opposed to uh, bad decisions and talking about talking through their heads about, about information that they really have no clue about. And one of them is single payer medicine. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know why? Why would why would all of these head of, heads of state come to the United States for medical treatment when they have hospitals in their own country? Well, that's a great question, but I think you've already illustrated that. Is that one? There's significant weight going into certain hospitals. I mean, the weight sometimes can be astronomical. And in the UK, um, they're not allowing certain procedures such as hip replacements or gallbladder procedures or spine procedures if a person um, smokes cigarettes or is overweight. Now, I'd love to say that that's because they just are really wanting to promote overall wellness. But the truth is it's not. It's because that is a form of rationing care, in my opinion. Doctor, uh, I know we're going to have to close this out very shortly because you have some, uh, other things that you have to do this morning, but uh, will you come back? Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk more about your book, and uh, I will I will get a copy of it so I won't sound totally ignorant about what's in the book. Is there is there, right quick, is there one chapter you'd point out that everybody should read and read immediately? Uh, well, honestly, I would say if you're going to read just one chapter, although I think you're going to miss out if you don't read it all, but if you just read one, it would be the chapter on, I call it America, You're Breaking Our Hearts, and it's all about cardiovascular disease, which is the leading cause of death and disability in the United States, as well as the thing that costs us the most amount of money, and the research in it shows that 
80, up to 80% of such illness and costs could be prevented with just a few basic lifestyle changes, and I go through them in a very easy-to-read manner. Fantastic. Uh, best of luck to you and your... Which, which career are you pursuing, medicine or television? Oh, well, I'm full-time <laughs> practicing doctor, and I do TV on the side. I just oh. like to stay busy. Well, I believe it. Uh, do you ever sleep? Uh, not much, but I, I do when I can because sleep is crucial to mental and physical health. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I just really, really want to thank you for being on today. And I know that uh, we got about 40 seconds to go. So, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, you are wonderful. Uh, and we're so lucky to have a lady like you in the medical field. And uh, hope that you will, we will work out you joining us again. And, folks, the book is Make America Healthy Again, just the title makes sense you know and go get it and find out how you can be healthy and uh, i'd like to even at some point doctor have uh, our uh, kung fu master on talking about mind over body and uh, that how important the mind is and resting the mind is to good personal health so with that being said i hate to do it but i've got to let Dr. Sapphire goes. She's got bigger and better places to be, and uh, we respect that. And have a good day, I doctor. don't know if they're bigger or better, but I do have prior commitment. Yes, Gotta ma'am. Got to get back to work. Thank you right. for having me. Thank you. Have a great day, doctor. Right, bye-bye. Bye. At America's Web Radio, and that we're going to keep having great guests on. We've started the investigation into the FBI with our special agent, in charge, and uh, we've got many more shows to go on many different products and and things that are going on in the United States that you may or may not know about. So stay tuned to America's Web Radio, and if you wouldn't mind, please tell your friends about us. I think they'll find it very interesting, uh, the people and the shows that we do present. And um, go to our iTunes and our YouTube page, and download some of the favorite shows that uh, uh, we have done that you like and uh, listen and watch. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.